In this podcast, I will be having conversations about where our experience of life comes from. My goal is to support GPs in the overwhelming job that they do. The good news is that you can hang up your superhero cape and let go of needing to be everything to everyone. So, hi there, Stephanie. It's really good to see you. And I'd just like our listeners to know that you are Stephanie Benedetto, um, a brilliant coach and someone who believes in having fun and getting things done while having fun. As you know, this podcast is called Hang Up Your Superhero Cape. So it will be great to hear what message you have for my GP colleagues who are really struggling with life at the moment, who are really busy and overwhelmed and feel underappreciated. So Mm. any any kind of message that you might have for them? Yeah. Well, I'm probably going to ask you a question first, Jill, so that I I can really craft an answer for your people. Um. But I do have some familiarity with this predicament that people in healthcare seem to be finding themselves in right now. Those on the front lines, those in management, those who are trying to handle the the various health crises that we have going on within the organizational structure that they find themselves. Um, While I primarily work with coaches and entrepreneurs, many of the coaches who I work with, interestingly enough, are nurses or former nurses, nurse coaches, or healers in some capacity. So these are people who came into their profession with a great desire to help heal the world. And they find themselves giving and giving and giving and working often within a system that burns them out where they feel like a victim of a system. And so I think that's how I find them is that they've left the traditional healthcare system and are looking for alternatives because their profession as a nurse or um, in that capacity just wasn't working for them. And so they were looking for something else. So as a consequence, I'm kind of familiar at least with what's happening in the US on that front. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question for you, Joe, would be what's the biggest challenge that GPs and the professionals that you're working with are facing right now? I think, Steph, that um, various of my colleagues would answer you slightly differently. So I'll tell you what I think uh, the biggest challenge is. I, I think it's about a sense that however hard they run, they're never going to catch up, that there's always going to be more and more and more demand, and that there's a kind of vicious circle where the higher the demand goes the more difficult it becomes um more people are just getting out and like the nurses in the us they're just saying enough already and going somewhere else doing something else 
and abandoning work that they've always had great meaning from. Mm. So it's like a bereavement as well. Mm. Yeah, that's one thing that I heard in working with one of my nurse coach clients was that they felt a sense of a loss of purpose. Like I got into this to be a healer because I have a healer's heart. I got into this to make a difference in some way. And I can't. I'm too burnt out or I'm frustrated working and trying. Like I know what needs to be done and I cannot do it because of the system I'm stuck in. And they just get so frustrated. And her mission is to bring them back to their healer's heart. That's kind of what she what she does. So what I heard in that really feeling like there's an unending number of things to do. The more you give, the more is asked of you. The better you do your job, the more it gets piled onto you. And why wouldn't you want to bail if that's the experience you were having? I really get that. It sounds miserable. Yeah. What I see, and it isn't just in healthcare that we do this, is that the noise of our thinking and our and our our intellect that is so good at making connections and creating stories and giving us a sense of order in our lives this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens um, it's reminding me of a book called whole brain living yeah it's by a neuroscientist who had a stroke and knew what was happening. She wrote another book, right? Jill, I can't remember her last name right now. My yes. Stroke of Insight was her first book about that. Well, she has written this book called Whole Brain Living that describes what happens in our left brain and what happens in our right brain. And that both sides, left and right, have both a thinking component and an emotional component. And the left side of the brain is all about that's where time, our sense of time comes from. It's all about getting things done, being very logical. That's the thinking part. Like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is, it's, it's kind of like data from Star Trek. And then the emotional left brain is, it, it, it's all about regret and the past and worry about the future. So it's thinking about time. You're not present when you're in your left brain. And it's an important ability that we have in order to be able to show up on time for a conversation like this one we're having right now. But when we get carried away in it, it just takes us on this roller coaster ride of creating scary futures and lamenting about the past and going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing and never stopping. Meanwhile, the right brain has a thinking and emotional component as well. And this was interesting to me to see that. I hadn't really thought about it this way before. And the thinking component is, whoa, I'm a part of this world. Look at my hand. 
look at how amazingly designed I am. It's just in awe of the moment. It's very present. The right brain is all about now, what's happening right now. And the right brain emotion is, as she describes it, a bit of an adrenaline junkie. It's very curious. It wants to go on adventures. It wants to see what's going to happen. So there is a movement in it, right? It doesn't just hang out in the bliss of the present and do nothing, but it actually wants to create something. And so all of these pieces of us, all of these functions, all of these experiences that we have as a human are really important for us to be here, for us to connect, for us to take care of ourselves and take care of our families and take care of our planet. And yet when we don't understand the nature of that experience and what's happening and that none of those things, that none of the thoughts that I have are me, I can get really caught up in them and burnt out and run away and just solve, try to solve problems that are just unending because the problems I'm trying to solve are in my thinking and I keep trying to think my way out of them. So the real relief from that, that is never far away, thank goodness, is in this present moment, is dropping out of whatever it is that we happen to be thinking into right now. And it's not hard to do, and we do it by accident all the time because it's where we're meant to live. And so anytime that we get quiet, and for some people, the only time they do that maybe is in the shower or when they go for a walk in a very particular beautiful place that they love, or maybe it's when, I know for some people, it's actually when they do the dishes, when they're doing something mindless, and they finally give themselves permission to just let go of all the stuff they've been worrying about, and they feel better immediately. And so that is available all the time, even in the midst of an absolutely overwhelming schedule with so many demands put upon you. Because if you think about it, there's only ever this moment and there's only ever this thing, whatever this thing is that you can do in it. But we can spend a lot of time thinking about the mountain of things that there are to be done, but they will never be done in this moment, only one. So remembering that really, really helps to settle and come back to that place of calm from which it's possible again to reconnect with, why is it? What is it that drew you to this profession in the first place? What is it that brought you here? And how can you reconnect with that? It's in this moment that you're going to find it, by the way. It's not in thinking about it. And is it weird that we do it naturally, say, in the shower, as you say, and by the time, you know, we've stepped out of the shower and put some clothes on, it's gone. And, we, and we've forgotten it. Mm -hmm. Or I'm betting that some of your listeners have an experience of it inside of their profession in one particular place. So for example, if they're a surgeon, 
and they just get very still because surgery, my, my partner's father is a surgeon and there's a certain state that he goes into because he knows that this is life and death and he has to be present because instinctively we know that there is no place for thinking there. It's being, it's connected, it's in flow, it's very active. And thought is used in service of that, in service of what's happening now. So that's the, that's the, the beautiful, creative use of thought in service of solving whatever problem or doing whatever thing is ours to do in that moment. And so they know that flow. And for some people, they just want to do it all the time because they think that, oh, if I feel in flow when I'm in surgery or when I'm playing a sport or when I'm swimming or whatever, I'm just going to want to do that all the time or as much as I can, right? Because it feels so good, but it's portable. We can do that anywhere, not just there. If you can do it there, you can do it when you're in a meeting. You can do it when you're facing your schedule. You can do it when you're in the midst of a difficult, challenging relationship with a colleague or a partner or even a patient. Yeah. That's, it's really reassuring to be reminded of that. It really is. That we can just access that feeling of flow anywhere anytime yeah and it's also really helpful to notice that we're not going to <laughs> you know at least hey i've yet to meet someone who's always in flow all the time we have this you know i'm i run in business circles and there's this unrealistic belief or myth i'm going to call it a myth <laughs> big misunderstanding that somehow you could just get into flow and have energy all the time. And it should always be the same, like constant. And it just isn't. There's an ebb and a flow. There's an up and a down and it's how we're designed and it's how it's supposed to be. And it's really okay. When we know that yeah. we can find our way back and it's okay when we get a little lost. Cause we're never too lost. Right. We're only ever one thought away, one moment, dropping out of what we're thinking into the present. Every time, that's where we find it. That's where we find that peace. That's where we find that flow and where we reconnect. We're always connected anyway, but that's where we feel it. Yeah. So when my colleagues are coming to the end or, or nearing the end of a long day of seeing patients, looking at clinical problems, thinking through things, and they've still got a mass of administrative work to finish before they can think of going home. What is it that allows them to get back into flow and to, have, to do things in an easeful way? Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So what comes to mind, Joe, is the story that I heard about a salesman. And he did a lot of things during his day. He would be traveling. He would be talking to people. He would be met with successful sales. He would be met with rejections. And he had a lot of thinking going on about all of that. 
And every day when he got home, there was a tree outside of his house. And he would look at that tree before he went into his home. And he would imagine that he was hanging up all of that. Everything that happened today, all of his thinking, everything that he had done, everything he thought about it. And he just hung it on the tree and left it there. And then he would go inside to see his family. And then the next day, he would wake up and then he would go to the tree and he would pick up everything and put it back on again. And then one day when he had left his thinking and all of that noise on the tree, he hung it on the tree because it worked so well. It, by the way, Joe, it worked so well that it allowed him to just really be present with his family and really be there for them and really enjoy them and the time that he was spending with them. So one day when he was going to work and he looked at that tree and he saw all of his thinking and all of the stories and all of the to-dos on that tree and he was about to pick it back up, he went, what if I don't need to bring that into work? And so he didn't. And it was like a whole new world because he discovered that he didn't need to think about all of those things to know what to do. He didn't need to constantly have this running in his head, the worry of, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta, and then this and this and this and this and this and this. He didn't need it. He was actually just able to show up in the moment with each person that he met, with each task to be done. And whatever it was that was needed occurred to him in that moment. Wow. And that's, that's what's available. That's just lovely, actually. And imagine if my colleagues could do just that. And maybe they could hang all that stuff up with the superhero cape. Yes, yes. I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. And even before they leave the surgery, they, they can just hang it up, put it to one side, and then finish everything off in the moment. Yeah. Well, it's a really cool metaphor to think about hanging it up or dropping it. Like you throw your clothes off when at the end of a day, or you know, toss your coat over there and hang up your hat, right? <laughs> But the truth is that simply noticing what you're doing with your thinking, the stories that you're telling, how your mind is running, running, running. See, when we're so caught up in it, we don't notice we're doing it, right? Yeah. It's just happening. It's like the hamster wheel of thinking in our head of doing. And we don't even know that we're on it. It's just become automatic. But as soon as you see it, there's a space that opens up. And that's when dropping it becomes possible. Or even if you don't drop it, you don't have to pay so much attention to it. And it's something that, like, I, I don't have a specific tip for someone in that situation to do other than to notice, to start to notice that 
pressure thinking or the do the to do thinking that hamster wheel thinking and you'll know it because you'll feel it and it's really tense and very unpleasant notice that you're doing it and in that space you might ask what if I didn't what if I dropped this just a little just for a minute and see what happens That sounds like a really good tip. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the ease of it that is so amazing, isn't it? That's a kind of why did nobody teach me this <laughs> while I was while I was growing up and before I became a doctor or a GP? Why did I not know this? It would have been so useful. Mm. And yet, the cool thing about it is that as soon as we begin to notice it, we see it everywhere. Yeah. We can catch ourselves getting caught up in a story of worry or fear or anxiety or frustration or anger and feel it in our bodies and see it happening as it's happening. And as soon as you see it, you're not stuck in it anymore, not as much as it might feel like you are. And in that space that opens up, something will drop in. So that's where it's really amazing. You'll get an idea. You'll get a, a, a clear message or uh, an intuition to uh, put this down, take a five-minute break, go get a drink of water, go for a walk, call up this person. You know, something will, will occur to you, even in the midst of all that noise, and it's always been at play. And then, of course, we're going to get caught up again. And knowing that that's going to happen, and it's totally okay, it's part of that design, is so reassuring. We have the resilience. We have the intelligence within us to guide us in that, in the midst of it. And we just didn't notice it. We didn't know it. Yeah. And I've noticed in some of the chats that and groups that I'm in online that, that there's been some resistance to the idea of resilience. Mm. And mm. Oh, people keep telling us we need to be more resilient. Actually, we just need to have less and less piled on us. Why should we have to develop that resilience? But actually, there's something beyond resilience, isn't there, which is that ability to plug into a sense of peace mm. and to work much more effectively from there. That's the resilience that I'm talking about. I, I think that it sounds like what may be happening is that people are saying, you need to be more resilient. So you need to be more resilient. And what they really mean is suck it up and deal with it. Yes. And you don't deserve to do less, you know, we're all overloaded and do your part and shut up about it. And of course, if that were resilience, I would want nothing to do with it. Like I'm just supposed to take it on and keep my mouth shut and just do my job like a good little doobie, right? That's not the resilience I'm talking about because true resilience knows, cares for itself, cares for you first, takes care of your every need. That is priority number one. 
And sometimes that resilience is going to lead you to speak up and make a change. And sometimes that resilience is going to help you to endure a condition that is seemingly unendurable, like what happens in trauma situations, like what happens in emergency rooms, right? Like that's that's incredibly challenging. And yet we have resilience. So it doesn't mean that you just accept the way things are. It means that you listen to, you can rely upon the intelligence in you to guide you, whether it's accepting or making a change. I think I really prefer your idea of resilience. It makes much more sense. Just when you said that about, oh, you know, just shut up and get on with it, it reminded me so much of my early years as a doctor in hospital, especially when there was a kind of, the attitude was, you know, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And a kind of medical machismo that meant that everyone had to be, had to appear to be on top of things all the time. And it's not that, is it? No, 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 no. That's, that's pushing yourself with willpower. That's what leads to burnout. Yeah. I really believe that resilience is whatever you need for the moment you're in will be there for you. Whatever energy, whatever direction, whatever idea in this moment is available just in this moment, not the ones that are gonna happen next week necessarily, not on my timeline, but what I actually need is there. So if I don't have the energy, it may not be mine to do. Yeah. Or there may be a moment, like taking a moment to acknowledge that and something else occurs to me. It's very, very present based. It's living there. Did that make sense what I said, Joe? Because I I went, huh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that make perfect sense. Yeah, it does make perfect sense. Stephanie, it's really refreshing talking to you about this. It brings, you know, you bring such a different perspective that is available for any of us at any time. We don't have to do anything special or out of this world in order to come back, come home. Yeah, so- it's, it's very, very reassuring. And I recognize that when, when someone is in the thick of that noise and that stressful thinking, it may seem a little Pollyanna. Yeah, And so I just want to encourage you to just consider, just take a look for yourself and notice what happens when you settle and notice what happens when you're in the stressful thinking and just see. And and not to get into the trap of beating ourselves up for getting into the stressful thinking sometimes. Yeah. 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 Being kind to yourself. That's a part of I think what's behind hanging up your superhero cape. Yeah. You don't have to have the, I can handle everything face on all the time. <laughs> no, we really don't. So liberating. Mm-hmm. 
Stephanie, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. And I, I think that our listeners are going to actually get some huge insight from this conversation. Thank you so much. You are most welcome. Thanks for having me, Joe.